the more you know about you is the better you can serve other people. I mean, more me is not necessarily a bad thing, but learning me is the best part of know of more me that can be done. I think I think that's that's my that's my opinion about that. Uh, I have a, I do a song called a Happy Song with Running Porters and um and you know I had a, I had an actress I won't call her name but you know she um she saw saw, saw us at jazz at this jazz and heritage festival around you know it must have been around 74, 75, so I can't remember exactly when it was but um she was on the side of the stage and she we played Happy Song. And um, and so when we were leaving leaving the stage, she came up to me and she said, "You know that song saved my life. I was really in a bad, bad, bad place, and that song saved my life." So here we are with George Porter Jr., legendary <clears throat> bassist from the Meters. George, man, so glad to have you on here today. How you doing? I'm just fine, you know. I say um, I'm on the on the right side of the circle. So, George, to start us off, I'd love to talk about you know what you've learned over the course of your career. What's involved? What's involved with being a great teammate, a great bandmate, and you know, really just having strong team dynamics in a group. Well, <clears throat> I guess I might probably go back and say, you know, when when I first started um, as an artist per se, you know, when 1967, when we became artists and not just a band, um, you know, the, the thing, I think the first thing we, I, you would need to learn is um, um, where your seat is in the band that you're in the group that you're playing, you know, because it's always, it's not a bad idea to know where you at in the organization, you know, because sometimes, you know, not all players look at each other the same way, you know, and, and there's, there's, there's parts uh, and have, have been over history, you know, there are, are bands that has broken up because, you know, our, our members have left because they found out later on in the career, during the career, that they aren't as, um, how you say, um, what's that word? Um, their, their input is not as important as mm. one other person or two other people, you know? So mm -hmm. it's always a good idea for you personally to know where you sit and what chair you are in when you're in these organizations. Part two, I would say is, um, you know, know the business, you know, know, know as, learn as much about the business. I think today is way much better than it was in 67 when, you know, when we were coming out. Uh, uh, um, because there wasn't much about the business out there, you know. So you know, musicians and uh, and groups were, you know, shooting from the hip, and um and got following guidance of say managers and stuff, you know. So you know today, um, groups that's managing themselves, um, are, are more successful at you know at finding the business mm. and um, um, better than it was when we were there. So knowing the business today is much easier. I'd love to hear you talk about the personality traits you most admire in people you get to work with. Most of the time, um, I'm, you know, I'm, when I'm not in front of my own group, 
and then which is that group is today is called running partners. If I'm not in front running partners, then um, I, I I go to whoever uh, whatever situation I'm in, um, and and you know again I, I know what part I'm playing in this in this project, you know, and I, I try I try and make myself especially if it's if like you a guest like for instance if I go Galactic calls me to come in and as an artist on their set, well I go there, and um, you know and I I make myself available to you know, the needs of that band, you know, dumpster punk, it's the same thing, but of course dumpster punk leans more towards my, my meter life than, than anything. Actually, everybody kind of leans more to my meter life. <laughs> then my running part is like, uh, I guess running part is haven't made enough noise yet. You know, not 25 years, we ain't made enough noise yet, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, but that's that's just the way things go when, you know, especially if, if buyers, you know, like um, buyers like hire you to come perform with their house band or something like that. Then in that case, usually how the band leader of the house band will contact me and reach out and see, can I send them a list of, a list of music to um, for them to acquire, you know? And I, I do, and I, I, I tend to send, you know, um, more. Well, actually, I ask them. I say, "What music do you play?" You know, because, you know, I'm sending sending music to um, to a band that don't play that kind of music. You know, it's kind of useless. You know, you know trying trying to get guys to learn something. You know, for two weeks out, three weeks out. That's um, you know, that's been a, you know been a part of my life for 55 years. You know, so. So I, I, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I kind of have to make my, I make, I think the simple answer is, you know, leave, leave your ego at the door when you go in mm. and, um, and, and become a part of the organization that you're going to be in at that time. And, um, you know, and, and, and it, there's always moments when you can take and guide things, you know, because you, you, once you're there, you'll see what they can and what they cannot do. And then you can just, you know, ease in and put a little ego here and a little ego there, you know. It's always worse. A little, little sprinkle. Yeah, a little sprinkles, yeah. No, I hear you, though, like serving the project as opposed to, you know, serving our own agendas, whatever that might be. Exactly. Yes, exactly. So beyond, you know, leaving your ego at the door, when you think back about, you know, some some of your favorite bandmates you've gotten to play with, some people you've got, the closest musical bond with what other like personality traits and characteristics come to mind that uh, you just admire? Well, I think, um, you know, I, I, I love Warren, Warren Haynes's, you know, approach to being a band leader. Um, that's, you know, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a pretty good band leader, you know, and, um, in the meters, you know, we, we had, we, at one time there was a leader and, but then, then, then somewhere during that course of those those nine and a half years, you know, the band leadership kind of went out the window, you know. So so it just depends on who was calling the shots that day, you know. Versus you know who's calling the shots for the rest of that term. Um, um, and, and I love that. Partners, in the running partners, I'm the leader, but you know, as a leader, I I tend to um to to encourage the, you know, the guys in my group, you know, to, um, you know, hey man, step up, you know, you know, if, if, if you know, if you're taking a, you know, guy, 
sometimes the guys will be, you know, really nice, you know, about, about how long their solos be. And we look at them and I say, no, keep playing. <laughs> you know, what you're doing, I'm liking, you know, let's jam some more on that. Stay there, you know. I encourage that kind of thing. But, um, you know, in most bands that's out there, um, you know, um, that's, there's some, you know, making money and, you know, and out there on a regular basis. Um, I, you know, I like John Scofield. He does a, a really, a, a really great band leader job, but he is also a person that encouraged, um, you know, input from the band, you know. Um, I haven't worked with that many, I mean, I play with thousands of bands, I, I assume uh, musicians, but not very many, you know, um, band leaders, you know, where, um, where the band leader has, you know, uh, where I actually see the band leader, you know, taking control of a situation going out of hand. <laughs> would you would you say you agree with the statement that the best leaders get other people to step up and lead themselves? I, I agree with I agree I agree with band leaders uh, encouraging, uh, um, you know, that um, you know encouraging um, the best of yourself. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. Jumping a little more broadly, what I'd love to hear other other thoughts that come to mind with like do's and don'ts of being a great leader, like not only things to avoid, but principles that that are just true when it comes to leadership. Pay well. <laughs> you know, and kind of, you know, I mean, I know I, I frankly don't ask my guys to do anything that I won't do, you know. And I'm, I'm 75 years old, and you know, sometimes my guys tell me, "Man, if I was you, I wouldn't do that," <laughs> you know, because you know they're just looking out for me, you know. Uh, um, you know, and I'm saying, "Yeah, but I'm looking out for your income," you know, and you know, I can do this, you know, and this income for you, then you know, I'm looking out for that's what. I mean, I believe that um, the, 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 um, in this day's economy, the money structure is one. You know, you know, I think paying well is great. Uh, um, you know, being able to um, accept input from, from your players, you know, also is very important, you know, because when a guy starts to feel like he's shut out of the input world or, or, or the, or, or the, or the um, improvement of the issues, sort of like what happened to me in the meters, you know, I just started feeling like, man, I'm just a bass player here, so why the hell do I just, you know, I got songs that I want to play, you know, our songs that I want to record, you know, you guys don't want to listen to them. So, you know, why well, I take them somewhere else, you know, and that's, you know, that's what happens with bands, well, with players that feel like they have come to, as far as they can go with this organization, you know, because I, I think every musician at some point in their life starts to create things in their head and that, you know, they go to bed at night and sleep and dreams music that they're creating, you know, so they want they want to they want to pass that on, you know, um, you know. I had I had, you know I had several of my bands over over the last twenty. It's like I think it's almost close to thirty years, you know. Um, John Grove, Papa John Grove, he was in in the running partners, you know, and he he came up with ideas. We we uh, encouraged we recorded a couple of the songs. But you know, it wasn't enough. He split off and went and did a, you know, did his own thing. Papa Grows Funk, you know. Mark Mullins, the trombone player. He's also, you know, they all 
they grew as well as they can grow with running parties. Then they say, you know, I got to go do mine, you know, because I'm I'm at that point, you know, and that's 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 acceptable. I I understand that and I encourage that, you know, you know when first of all when you're not happy here, you know, being unhappy here is just going to kind of make stuff not work well with the other guys, you know. So I mean that's what we had the issue with uh with, with the guitar player, Mr. Anderson, you know. He got unhappy with what, what, what not not what we were doing. He loved what we were doing, but he wasn't doing what he wanted to do. He wanted he was a blues player, you know, and he wanted to do more blues stuff, you know. So he went off and did his blues thing, which is this is acceptable, you know. <clears throat> I mean, don't stay somewhere when you're miserable and try and make everybody else miserable. <laughs> no, no, no. I think you should move on, you know. Hi, I'm Katie, producer of Weird Music Podcast. I want to give a big shout out to Voodoo Ranger. <laughs> Live rangerously. Well, if you made it this far, thank you for listening. Just want to let y'all know we've got these hand-dyed, ice-dyed Weird Music Podcast hoodies and also tees. If you'd like one, let us know. We'd love to get you one. And a big thank you to the geniuses over at Thrax CBD for sponsoring us with their amazing products. Also want to give a big thank you to J&J Distribution, Ohio's premier Delta 8 and CBD wholesale supplier. Retailers, check out their brands, Cloud 8, Compassionate Buds, and Zaza. Got links in the description. And yeah, much love, y'all. Now back to the episode. Jumping, jumping a little bit to the side here. Have you ever gotten really nervous before playing a huge show? I don't know. I don't know. You know, um, I, I really don't know. I don't. I don't pay that much attention to myself. <laughs> you know, so, I'm usually I'm usually um, sitting there wondering. You know, I guess it's not not be nervous, but it may it may just be the idea of um, you know, like you've done more likely you're going on these on these projects, and you know, so you've done some rehearsal maybe. You know. Um, but then you, you you have to go by what you the knowledge you have of that group. You know, if it's one of the bigger bands, you know, you kind of know. Like Warren, I know where they, that that band plays. But usually, with that with the mule, you know, you get a you know you get an afternoon sound check on the songs you're going to do, so you know how that's going to go out. They're pretty consistent. But when once you sound check, that's the way the gig. That's where the song's going to play. It's not going to change halfway through it. You know, with some of the younger bands, you know, you you, you do it. You might do that sound that sound check thing, but at the at the time of the gig, the um, you know, they, you know, they they want to jam some more, on space out, they're having fun. So you just have to be prepared to you know to, to have fun with them. You know, and I'm 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 good at that. I I, got, I have great set of ears, and um, you know, and I I'm good at you know, you go if you go left. I'm gonna go left with you. You just don't know where I, don't, I, I might be. I might be left before you got there. You know, so yeah, it's, a, it's, it's how much you pay attention to the players you play with. And, you know, and that's something I, I you know, I always encourage, man. You know, it's, it's like, hey, man, let's keep in touch. You know, I mean, you know, they got groups out there that play together that you know don't have only play only thing in their monitor or in their ears is them. They don't hear nobody else in the band, you know, and that's the way they want it. You know, I, I find that very difficult, you know, but again, if you've been playing together 10, 12 years and you're playing, you know, probably in the same neighborhood, the songs, the songs that don't change that much in 10, 12 years, then 
you know, yeah, I guess in, in once you start the song off, you know what the song, how the song goes, because it ain't gonna change in the middle. But when when if it's a if it's a jam session thing, you know, I always kind of encourage. I mean, I I go over to a guy and say, "Man, you don't hear me. <laughs> you may want to put me on your monitor, you know, because I'm gonna do things that you need to be aware of." <laughs> and I'm, I'm now, I, I think I think drummers and and whole other guys who who definitely want and need to hear the whole band. Everybody's back part, to listening. Right. Every part is a part of, he has to be a part of everybody's, you know, his ears has to be a part of yours mix, you know, um, not mix, but your input, you know, and, and usually me and the drummer, uh, I, I kind of make it a, a habit of me and the drummer being as close as, together as we, you know, when that's one, I don't, I don't want to be too far away from him because at that, at that point, that means I got to put a bunch of drums in my monitor which I prefer, I would prefer not to, uh, you know, I like to have kicking hi-hat, but I, you know, but if I'm far, far away, then I need to have some snare drum too. Now, the snare drum kind of interrupts my brain, you know, because when you hit a rim shot, man, that, that, that's like <laughs> ice pick, <laughs> you know, so, you know, I kind of not, not want that in, you know, in my mix, you know, but if I'm close enough to the band then I can hear that snare drum, you know, just in my, you know, pronunciation right in my face, you know, so not in the monitor. Hmm. I'd love to hear what advice you could share for, you know, anyone out there who struggles with stage fright or just like getting nervous before a huge moment about like mentally approaching that in order to like get the best version of yourself in those moments. I don't know if there's a answer, a a, a real answer for that. I think that, you know, Hmm. um, as a musician, you know, you just have to know, you have to learn what you do. You learn your shorts, your shortcomings, you know, and, and, and when you, when you get ready to go out on stage, you know, I don't care if you're paying for 10 people or, or 10,000, you know, um, you just got to know what your part and the part that the, in the, in the session that you're getting ready to go play on. You know, um, I think that once you, once you believe that I got this, I mean, the stage fright thing will go away, I believe. I, I mean, that's, that's just my personal opinion. I mean, I would love to hear somebody else's opinion <laughs> as well, you know, because I, I just think that, you know, you know, stage fright thing, I believe, is probably um, something that has to have to do with, um, say, um, not knowing. Mm. I think it has that. I think that's the part. When, if you, if you don't, if you don't know um, what you what you bring and what you're bringing to the table, if you don't know that, if you're gonna go into into the table guessing, then that might be that might be a what you call it, uh, 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 something that apply, applies to nervousness, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, um, but going in and play with some guys you never played with before, just from the start on the start. I mean, knowing what you do. That's the only way that's gonna make that's gonna work. Cause you go out there scared, you're not, you just not gonna be prepared. You know, you're not gonna be ready to um for what get thrown at you. You know, there may be stuff you know and you forget it. <laughs> yeah. So George, when you think back to some of your favorite music, music that you know you'll you think you'll find yourself listening to on your last days, what are what are some of the lyrics that stick out to you as? Just some, some of your favorite lyrics. 
Well, I mean, I guess my favorite artist from the, from my past would be um, uh, Earl King. You know, just because of, you know his he was from New Orleans and he um and he was he was always a friend. You know, he, when I was sixteen years old, Earl King talked to me. You know, a lot. You know, and I used I thought I, I thought his musical input was always important. And I and I I, I, I you know I grew on that. Um, Curtis Mayfield as a songwriter it was it was wonderful. And when I got to meet him, he was even nicer. You know, um, Marvin Gaye. I never got to meet him, but he he, he made some musical statements that were, that made sense. Um, I like Bird Brackerack. I like his, I like his musical approach too. You know, but. I didn't just like dive deeply into his, you know, his catalog of, of, of music. But I mean, there was things that I liked that he did with different artists that was really good. I thought that he brought out the best of that artist when every when he put his hands on an artist, that artist has not done what he's getting ready to get them to do. You know, and Alan Toussaint again, the same type of person. You know, he I've seen him do miracles with artists that, you know, that that weren't doing what he suggested on doing, you know. I saw him do something with a with a young a young Canadian guy named uh, um, Richard Newman, you know, which um, you know most people know him as King Biscobar, you know. Um, he you know he did some music with King Biscobar with the Meters um, as the as the house band and um, and it was great. The music was beautiful, but it was more R and B and less bluesy. And Richard was a blues player. That's the only problem I thought that Alan might have made a mistake at. But that's what his record label wanted. You know, his record label sent him down there to be, you know, to, to get play some, get to, get to record some music that they thought could cross over. You know, because um, maybe they just didn't think that as a blues blues player he was that person. You know, that guy who they could sell best. They thought they might can sell him and his harp. As a uh, as a R and B artist, and that didn't work because Richard just he you know he just folded under the music. The album was a great record. I thought I still you know you know sometimes wake up with one of those songs in my head. You know, just I think I think about it. I talk about it a lot all the time. George, I'd love to hear you talk about what you think it is about music that that can cause for it to heal people. I don't think I have an answer for that question. You know, I mean, you know, I've had people tell me that, you know, my song, my, uh, I have, a, I do a song called Happy Song with Running Partners. And, um, and you know, I had, a, I had an actress, I won't call her name, but, you know, she, um, she saw, saw, saw us at Jazz, at the Jazz and Heritage Festival around, you know, it must have been around 74, 75, so I can't remember exactly when it was. But um, she was on the side of the stage, and she we played happy song, and um, and so when we were leaving leaving the stage, she came up to me and, and she said, "You know that song saved my life. I was really in a bad, bad, bad place, and that song saved my life. I listen to it all the time, you know." And uh, I said, "Whoa, cool, great. You know, I mean, sometimes." songs can do that they reach into people that is certain she never told me what group of words a group grouping of words made the difference but she said you know it was she just said that that song saved her life and she was a very popular um you know she was a star at the time you know so um you know um 
when Curtis Mayfield did the, um, that last album he did, it was his very last album that he recorded with all the people got together and recorded with him. He did a song and I had been, I had been sober for almost 15 years. And I was, I was, um, I had bought the record and was, and was going driving home and I stuck the CD in, in, in the player. And it came to this one song that, uh, um, that um, here, but I'm going. And I had to pull over on the side of the highway and cry like a baby because it was like, it spoke to me exactly what I had went through trying to get, to get free of, uh, uh, of the drugs, you know, and alcohol. And it was like, it spoke really well to me. So yeah, there's, there's music. I mean, there's other people. I haven't, I mean, I did, but maybe I'll say one like, there's music out there that, that, that I believe that, you know, that helps, you know, you know, you know people, you know, people gotta be willing to hear. And of course, people have to um, have an opportunity to hear music, you know, because the people who listen to radio stations and um, the, the, the Spotify's and the Apple music and all that stuff, you know, whatever, you know, sometimes artists um, just don't get on that kind of, on the, that, that streaming situation. So that music get lost and some of that stuff is great, you know? I mean, I have people sending me, sending me CDs they want me to review them for them, you know, and stuff like that. Um, I have, I have a, a decline because when I'm trying to, you know, really am at my, at my age trying to become a better songwriter. So in doing so, I'm trying to limit how much music input I get out of the other than myself and my guys, mm. you know. And, you know, so and you know, in 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 in, a, in our jamming parts of what we do, and I encourage jamming all the time. You know, there's there's pieces of that music that could be taken out and you know made made a made another song from. So I do that. As, uh, I do that a lot with with, with running partners and the poetry trio, both bands, um, and you know that's just I, that's just the way I live now. You know, um, um, because um, you know I think that I'm I'm not I'm no longer trying to chase the um, the hit record thing. <laughs> you know, you know I, I don't think I don't think that nobody wants a, a seventy-five year old hit record on the top of the charts. You know. <laughs> So and I don't think nobody nobody's going to help that happen. So so, so I'm, I'm I'm looking I'm just looking to do music that's real, you know, that feel good, feel good to me. That I think that other people, if they got to hear it, you know, they'd like it too. Yeah, the world the world's a mysterious place, you know. Could uh one of those songs could be one of those songs, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You know, you mentioned jamming and how you can like pull things out of jams that, that could be the basis of another song talking about in a live setting what do you think it is about music made up spontaneously that can just be so powerful well when it's powerful it's because everybody's listening to each other you know that's 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 when it's strong you know uh, um a, a jam session with everybody going off in the different places is just noise you know it's just it's just you know, um, I had, a, I had a, a lady scream out to me uh, on the stage. Apparently, we she thought we were jamming. She she, she thought that um, we were masturbating. That's what she said. Come on with that that music masturbation. <laughs> and the whole band kind of turned and looked at her. <laughs> Obviously, she didn't understand the situation. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe we should play some Paul Newman for us. <laughs> yeah, so you know, yeah, there's you know, there's there's those times when that kind of stuff just happens, you know. And you know, like I said, I, I remember at one time, um, this was like maybe two albums ago. Um, between the, the the third and fourth album, I believe, um, after every gig, I would sit in my car in the driveway, in front of the house, and um, and listen to the whole last set. You know, because usually the second sets are the sets that we kind of just really go off the rail. You know. And I always, <laughs> I got. I've been doing this here lately. I'm just apologizing in advance. I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. Well, you know, we, you know, we put some time forget that we we supposed to be entertaining you and just having fun. This is that time. <laughs> you know? So, so um, I hope you enjoy it. You know, you know, and, and, and understand that. You know, you know, sometimes musicians just have to do that. You know? So jump, jumping back to you know being an artist, the creative process, every everything involved with that. And I'd love to kind of pick your brain outside of just being a musician, but just art in general, just being creative. Can you talk to me about what you think some of the most important intangible personal qualities to have are for someone who, who wants to be an artist of any kind? Hmm. Wow. Well, I guess the, 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 be the, the it would be the, the big the big thing, you know, learn your instrument. You know, and if you are a singer, you know, you know, learn learn all the all the possibilities that vocalists can do with one chord, you know. Um, so I mean, so again, that's just basically learning who you are as a musician and as an artist. And, uh, and 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 if it's, if you are the person that's going to be considered to be the the front runner and the front artist in a in a group, you know you just have to learn that 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 um that quality that it takes to to be that front artist. Uh, um, you know, so I mean, communicating with the pre the personnel in the band. If it, if everybody's on a, on an equal term thing, then you know you learn how to entertain their input. Um, if they're not, if they're all sidemen and they, they all know that that's what you are, you're here to be a sideman, you know, and this is my world. You just have to know how to speak um, your world to these players and, and make sure that, you know, they're, they're happy being in your world. Uh, I think that's, I think that's the best way to go, you know, um, and I think, you know, probably asking my keyboard player, Mike Lemler, who's been with me for almost 27 years. Um, you know, that question, because he, you know, he would tell you that, I mean, you know, he'd tell you that Porter always encouraged us to, you know, to be the best that we can, you know, and especially, you know, when, when, when we, um, when as, as musicians, you know, we um, kind of, you know, think that, well, my solo is going too long, I'm going to give it back to Porter because people came to see him, you know, and I turn around and say, oh, don't stop now, <laughs> that's good where you at, you know, I like that. Go for it, you know. I think that's that's the most important thing. Is, is, is being an artist, you have to a one know who you are, know what your abilities, and 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 pre and presentation is, is is probably the best thing. But you know, you gotta be able to laugh at yourself in in order to um 
you know, and to, to pull things off. I've done some things, boy, and I tell you about the guys in the band look at me and we all just start laughing because I know what I just did with some BS. <laughs> you know, but I, I gave it a shot, you know. You, know you, you have to learn what not to do. Mm. The only way you're going to learn what not to do is to do it and find out, oh, I won't do that ever again. That's it. That's it. Can you talk to me about something, you know, you mentioned what not to do, Some, something with your your songwriting process, your your whole creative process that you avoid doing, whether that's, you know, perfectionism or or whatever, whatever it might be. I don't want to answer for you, but what, what's something you stay away from doing that you think helps you be successful? Trying, trying to um, sing around a minor nine or something like that. <laughs> That don't always work, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, so you have to, you know, you know, there's things that you. But I mean, I think it's just your ears. Your ears have to, you know, have to. Your brain, your ears. I mean, your brain is listening to what's coming into your ears. It has to, you know, it has seconds before you make that. You open your mouth and say something simple, you know. So the brain got to say, I nah, nah, don't go there. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I think that's what happens, but I don't think we have any control over that, you know, because, you know, when you're in the moment of music, when you're in that, in that, in the, in the, in the thing, the part, and everything is going great, and you, you jump up and say some shit that's <laughs> way out of, way out of whack, you know, it's like, you know, you, you just gotta say, whoa, <laughs> you know, and try, you can't correct it, but, you know, but that part's gonna come around again, just so you know you're not to do that. You know, that didn't work. So that, that, you know, so don't do that next time it come around. You know, that's, I think that's, you know, you gotta just know, you gotta just know your abilities, you know, which, which you can and cannot pull off. You know, there's some false setting stuff that I can do really well in certain keys and, and some other keys, I fall, it falls way by the wayside. So, you know, in, in those keys, I don't do that. I, I try not to do any false setting at all. You know, um, you know, I love that. I love to um, the being able to do false setting. You know, because it's such a, a you know, it's such a easy um, vocal uh, pattern to sing, and there's no pressure on the on the voice or the, or, or the or, or the lungs. You know, when you know when you're singing from the from you're singing from your gut, and you're putting power on it on your vocal cords and stuff like that. But when you're false setting, you're not doing any of that. So it's like easy, easy. Curtis Mayfield, you know, when he we, when he was laying in that wheelchair singing, he was singing. Jack, he was singing thirty years earlier. You know, it was like beautiful. I was, I mean, that record just paid so much attention. I paid so much attention to that record because, you know, it was like hearing hearing a a a, a, a man that's hurting in a wheelchair and ended up being the last thing he did. You know, like he like he was still in his twenties. You know, that was so cool. You know. And you know, I mean, uh, I I'm just hoping that uh, I can get to be older. I think I'm now older than Curtis, but you know, but I just think that I, in my later years that um, you know I'm still able to present musically out of my mouth, sing as easy and um, as I did 30. You know, well at this point now it's close to 50 years ago. I love that answer, though. You know, it's 
I, I love how you kind of answered it, but you, you know what I mean? You kind of danced around it because it's, you kind of just got to give in, but you also got to know, you got to know yourself. I, I love that. I love that. Yeah. So, so George, talk to me about this upcoming album. This album's going to be called Boots in Place, The Floki Sessions. And uh, so you mentioned recording in Iceland. Damn. The four of us went up, in, up into, I went to Iceland to record an album at a studio on the side of the lake, that the other side of the lake was Russia. <laughs> so, you know, so that's how close, I, was, I had never been that close to Russia before in my life. But um, 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 Robert Walters, uh, Nikki Gillespie, mm. and, uh, um, and, and Eddie Roberts and myself, um, we locked down in the studio for, um, I guess it was, it was close to, we went, we were there 10 days, but I think we only went in the studio like um, maybe eight days. And we were, um, you know, recording, you know, everybody would throw a song out and everybody would, you know, we would smash things together. And um, I, and then, then, then uh, um, Eddie took this, the, the tracks and went back to the studio, had to mix them and, and then started looking for artists to, you know, to, on the ones that, that lean towards vocal songs to get vocalists to, to play on um, songs that lean towards instrumentals, you know, to got, you know, one of the, some of the big man, um, you know, I, and I haven't seen the whole package yet. So I don't know, um, you know, how many artists other than the four of us has been, I know two, uh, um, I know Donald Harrison Jr. Uh, um, and um, Erica Falls, Erica Falls. She, you know, she did a wonderful job on a song that's supposed to be not, not printed at me. <laughs> I said, I said, <laughs> What you doing? Why are you using my name <laughs> like that? You know, so I, uh, but it's, it's a good song. It's a good pocket, and uh, um, so yeah. And I'm not, I think I think there's uh, um, a couple of other artists that that uh, um, that has been you know brought in as singers. Um, Son Little, yeah. right? Son Little, yeah. Huh? Lamar Williams Jr., Eric Benny Bloom from Lettuce. Well, can't can't wait for for that to be out. And yeah, we'll have a. Links in the description so you can you can stay up to date on everything coming out. And well, George, man, this has been awesome. Thank you so much, so much for joining me here, taking the time. If if you listen this far, we got links in the description. Check out George's upcoming tour dates and and everything he's got going on. GeorgePorterJr.com, and we'll have a socials link too. George, starting to wrap up here. Got just a few more questions for you. What would you say is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Hmm. Um, I would say it was Alan Toussaint telling us it's not what you play, it's what you don't play that's going to make this song happen. Hmm. I'm also going to throw in a statement that comes to mind when, when you say that is it's not, it's not what you wear, it's how you wear it. I, I think those <laughs> two go together. Yeah, I've had some people tell me that too. <laughs> what are you wearing? <laughs> well, it's not fitting me. <laughs> so, you know, looking back at your career, all your accomplishments, you know, success, playing in front of huge crowds, receiving this and that check for this, this and that project, like everything you've accomplished, but then looking back on it, what, what comes to mind that's truly brought you the most like actual fulfillment? 
you know, I, I got a lifetime achievement award um, for my abilities. But I think the um, maybe the, the the thing that that awards me the best is not what um what I has has to do with how I have presented myself in the city of New Orleans. Uh, um, um, I have I've had I got an a, a, a honorary um, um, doctorate from um, Loyola University, and um, that was you know that was um, and it, it, the award was for you know um, my presence in the city of New Orleans and and uh, my encouragement of the um, the young musicians that I have you know encouraged. Um, that I didn't necessarily hands-on encouragement, but just my being there, you know, it's just, just like cool. <laughs> I mean, I think that's, that's, you know, that that didn't bring my income up. It's just uh, something that you, you know, that you, um, that you cherish, you know. Mm-hmm. Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award, was that it? Oh, the Grammy, the Grammy, that was for the meters. For the meters. But, it was, it, but it was, it wasn't, it was a, um, yeah, it was a lifetime achievement award from the media, but it was, it, you know, I just always, I never thought that Grammy give you a lifetime achievement award just for being alive. <laughs> I didn't know that. Only uh, select uh, few. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I was, I, I would really more appreciate a life, uh, you know, really appreciate a Grammy for music, you know, for, for one of the songs, you know, something like that. But no, it was, that was an honor as well, because, you know, and it's, you know, being you know, the first thing that the, I think the fact that they acknowledged you—that's you know—that's that's a that's a plus. You know, you, that's a, that's a win. The, the acknowledgement, and you know, it can't you can't you can't take that away once it's done. You know, so yes, the, the, the lifetime achievement award for the Grammy, but I got a lifetime achievement award from the local magazine, um, Offbeat Magazine, um, here a few years ago. Um, that was really cool, and, and it was great because it was when my mom got to be there. She, my, and my wife, and my late wife was there, and, and even my aunt was there. You know, all of the, I had all the, I was surrounded by girls. If if you could write one piece of advice to stay in the pocket of, of your great grandchildren, your great 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 grandchildren's grandchildren, your your whole family, one piece of advice that would stay in their pocket for for the rest of their life. What do you what do you think that might be? Hmm. I think the thing be true to oneself, and um, I think the the the, the uh, more the more you the more you know about you, is the better you can serve other people. Hmm. I think that's 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 just you know. I mean, more me is not necessarily a bad thing, but learning me is the best part of know of more me. That can be done. I think. I think that's that's my that's my opinion about that. I love it. I love it. George Porter Jr. Round of applause, my man. Thank you so much. Great to get to meet you, George. Any final words for for the fans out there? Um. Yeah. There's um. There's three new records on on Running Partners. Um. On, on Running Partners and Porter Trio, and and the, and the George Porter Jr. documentary that should be coming out before December of this year. We're working real hard on it. Uh, you know, those guys are working real hard. I'm sitting back watching them. They, they're doing a wonderful job. And we just spent the, the day before yesterday, I spent the whole afternoon at my house t- 
taking pictures off the wall and, and scanning them into um to, wow. to, to, to this stuff. So I can't wait to see that. 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 So it's, it's been real cool doing that, you know. Um, I, you know, I'm, <clears throat> man, look out for me. I'm coming. I'm coming at you. That's, that's all I can say, man, you know. I, I, I'm not done yet. I love it. I love it. What an honor to have a documentary coming out about you. Well-deserved. George, man, thank you for, you know, keeping your engine fueled up and bringing the music to us all. And I can't wait to hear what you're, what you're coming out with in the near future, my man. All right. Thank you. Have a great day, sir. Take care. Well, there you have it. Thanks for tuning in. And a big thank you to Ticket Relief for sponsoring Weird Music Podcast. If you're an event organizer out there, Ticket Relief can help you keep your fees low while making sure all aspects of ticketing go smoothly. As well, Ticket Relief plants trees on behalf of every ticket sold with the events they work with. So, yeah, we've got a link in the description for you to check them out. And thank you to the rest of our sponsors. Much love, y'all.